I want us today to think about our walk with Jesus and what it means to walk with Jesus. As we're coming into this Christmas season and we celebrate this beautiful gift that God has given to us in His Son, Jesus Christ, and who walked and talked and was among us, what does it mean to walk and talk with Jesus today? And to think about this journey. Now, I've been on my journey. I guess I, I guess I was raised in church. I don't know if I was born on a pew in a little wooden church outside Montevallo or somewhere down in there. I, I mean, every I remember growing up in church. That's all I remember. That's my first memories was in church. I remember my mom uh, having a bag of Cheerios so that I would be under the pew there while they just had the singing all night over at the at the church. I mean. I didn't know any better. But God really kind of shook me up about 20 years ago, Pastor, and, you know, and kind of rocked my world a little bit and set me on a different path. I don't know how many um, of you have been walking with the Lord uh, for a few years now. How many of you have been a disciple walking with Jesus for, let's just start off around five years, at least five years. Let's see your hands. Praise the Lord. Ten. Twenty. 30? All right, maybe one of you need to come up here and preach this message. Walking with Jesus and share a little bit with me. Walking with Jesus and walking this path with him is a, a journey. And today, I'd like for us to walk through the one day with Jesus as the disciples encountered him uh, in Mark chapter 4. In Mark chapter 4, it begins with the verse that says, basically, one day... A crowd gathered. A large crowd gathered around to hear this Jesus. And it says that Jesus began to teach at the lake, by the lake. There, It says it was such a large crowd that, that he had to actually get in a boat and they had to kick it off a little bit out. And so Jesus was there teaching. Now, and it says that his disciples were there with him. So I want you to kind of put yourself in the shoes of a disciple today. Now, I don't know which disciple you may be. Maybe um, I know that Pastor and Pastor Don and I like to fish. Maybe we could be Peter or the sons of Zebedee, you know, the Andrew or something like that. Maybe you like to count money. Maybe you could be the tax collector that f found Jesus and, you know. I don't know. Maybe you ladies, there's, there's great examples in the Bible of the followers of Jesus. Maybe you're, um, I don't know, Mary who, you know, like to sit at the feet of Jesus and just, you know, soak it in and just... Uh, be in the presence of God. Maybe you're like Martha. Uh, my wife says that Martha was a get-her-done woman right there. She made it happen. She was, you know, cooking and she was making things happen. She, so whatever disciple you are, think about which disciple you are in this. But in this chapter in Mark, it says that such a large crowd came, they wanted to hear Jesus. They wanted to hear him speak. And so he began to speak, but he spoke to them in parables. Now, this was some stories back then, and it was a little hard for some of the people to understand. It was like they really didn't get it, and the disciples were kind of confused also, it says. They, so they ran to Jesus after he was sharing these parables, and they would be like, ah, can you give me a little insight into what you're really talking about here? You're talking about some sower, some farmer who's got some seed, and he's scattering it around, and some of it's falling on the road, and some of it's falling on good soil, and I just don't really get that. And so Jesus took them in and kind of began to explain to them the significance of these stories. And it began to 
you know, make sense, started to click, started, okay, this, this is what he's talking about, about the kingdom of God. And Jesus just continued to teach that day. And you can imagine that as the disciples there, as those who are closest to Jesus, obviously the crowd was engaged also. And they were like, hey, can you, can you help? Can you help me out? Can you, can you share a little bit of this insight with me? And so there's no doubt that there was a lot of stuff going on that day where they were busy. I remember when we used to have some um, grand revivals here in this local church. And um, as a part of some of those teams in the choir, sometimes in parking duty, sometimes, you know, it was just busy doing a lot of stuff to make sure that everything was facilitated. And there's no doubt that the disciples were called upon in order to help facilitate a lot of what was going on. And so it was a busy day, a, a day of teaching, a, 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 you might even say an exhausting day for them. And toward the end of the day, it says that the disciples all went down to Shoney's and got them a hot fudge cake. Is that what it says? No. I loved after the revivals that we used to have. Was it a Jumpin' John Ritchie, I think, and things like that. That's how Tamitha and I kind of connected. After we were singing in the choir, we'd go down to Shoney's and we'd share a hot fudge cake. And, you know, and then things just started to happen from there. But it says instead, at the end of the day, the disciples didn't get a break. Instead, it says, Jesus said, hey, let's go to the other side of the lake. Now, I don't know about you, but that would, probably would not have been on my agenda as a disciple. Well, Jesus, we done gone to church today. We done been with you all day. It's about time for us to split off now and go back over to maybe your mama's house and let's just chill and eat a bite and just have a good day. Good night. Get a good night's rest. But instead, it says... That day when evening came, he said to the disciples, let's go over to the other side. Well, all right, Jesus, we're already in a boat. Some of us are fishermen. Let's get to the other side. So they begin this journey now to the other side. Well, this wasn't just any journey. It said that as they're in the boat, where did Jesus go? Well, he grabbed an oar and he was paddling along, wasn't he? No, he wasn't. Jesus was tired because he'd been preaching all day. So he crawled up in the boat, in the back of the boat, to take a nap. Well, who was going to get that boat and Jesus to the other side? Well, it was the disciples, right? The disciples were the ones that were responsible to get Jesus to the other side. And so they start going to the other side. And it says that a storm, a squall, a tempest, an incredible storm came. So much so that water began to come over in the boat. And the disciples thought, oh, this is it. We out of here now. This thing's going down. It was swamping the boat so much that they thought that they were going to die. And Jesus was still sleeping in the boat. And it says that the disciples ran over there to him and shook him, shaking up Jesus. What about that? There's a sermon. When you get to shaking on Jesus and saying, hey, wake up. We about to die. Don't you care? Now, there are times in our journey with Jesus that, man, there are some storms that blow up out of nowhere that catch us off guard. 
Man, we think we've been doing right. We've been in church all day. Master has said, take me to the other side, so here we go. But then a storm comes out of nowhere that starts to sink your boat and starts to mess up your plans. Oh, it may be financial issues, and you may start to think, oh, here we go. We're going down. I can't make the mortgage. I can't pay the car payment. Things, this thing's going down. Maybe your health, physical, health, emotional, well-being. Has anybody got kids in the house today? And family, I have learned now that I'm about 50 years old, family is messy. <laughs> family is messy. And it don't go the way that you think it's supposed to go. And here they are in this boat, and they run up to Jesus, and they grab a hold of him, and they say, Hey, wake up! Get a bucket, we're going down. And Jesus, in that moment, stands up, and he speaks to the wind and the waves, and he says, Peace, be still. And in that moment, the wind and the waves and all of nature obeys Jesus, and peace that surpasses all understanding fell upon that lake that day and everything was saved. That's a beautiful story. But if you read a little bit more, it says that the disciples in that moment, can you imagine, you're, you're a disciple, you've been rowing, this storm comes out of you, you are staring death in the face, you think you are going down. And all of a sudden, you wake this man up, and he speaks to the wind and the waves, and everything calms down. And the verse says, they were amazed. Now, they, the scriptures, those that wrote this are being very polite. They were amazed. Other versions kind of talk about, they were freaked out. They were scared out of their living mind. What in the world is going on here? This man can stand up and he can speak to the wind and waves and all of nature obeys him? What in the world is going on here? I would have been freaked out. And so now they've finally come to shore. They're getting close to shore. They can see shore. Now is the time to find a Holiday Inn and an IHOP somewhere, guys, because this, this has been a crazy day with Jesus. This has been wild. But chapter 5 says, as they get near shore, they all went to the Holiday Inn? No. Chapter 5 says, they land in a graveyard. Now, Jesus, I don't know what you're doing here, but this is not, when you said, let's go to the other side of the lake, I was not anticipating that you're going to take these little rabbis, these little disciples, these little people in study under you to a graveyard and, and when I get out of a boat, there is a screaming, lunatic, naked, cut-up man who's got iron fetters and chains running at me, screaming. Now, this is about the time I turn in my disciple card. This is about the time that I'm like, whoa, this has gone too far. I don't know which of these disciples you are. Maybe you are like that zealot. You grab out a sword and you're like, let's do it, brother. Come on. I'm that disciple that's crawling over the other 11 disciples trying to get back in that boat because this has done got really crazy now. And it says that in that moment that Jesus 
met this crazy, lunatic, demon-possessed man at the point of his need. And he spoke, peace be still, into his life. And he touched him with a powerful word of God. And he delivered him and set him free. And that is a beautiful story. That's another beautiful story of transformation where God is just doing a supernatural, unimaginable work in somebody's life. And it says that it's a crazy story. If you haven't read it lately, Mark chapter 5, it'll take you about 10 minutes to read it. It's a crazy story of how when God, when Jesus set this man free, that he cast uh, the demons into 2,000 pigs, it says. And they ran over a cliff, and the people tending the herd got crazy. You know, they got scared, so they ran back home. And when they got back and they were telling the owners of the pigs about what happened, they came out to see what in the world was going on. And they get there. And this is the beautiful part of the story. They get there. And in verse 15, it says, They find that man who was a lunatic, a demon-possessed, roaming the graveyards. The scriptures talk about him cutting himself with stones. The community was trying to ostracize him. They chained him up, and chains wouldn't even bind him. They find this man clothed and in his right mind sitting with the disciples. Wow! In just a maximum of a couple of hours this crazy screaming lunatic this crazy person that the world says you have no value you are out of your mind we're just going to chain you up and put you out in the graveyard and leave you to die one encounter with Jesus and suddenly his life is completely transformed to where he is sitting there clothed and in his right mind what a beautiful story of transformation. And I wonder if it was at that time that the disciples started to go, oh, that's what the kingdom of God is all about. That is what it's all about. And it says that the people of the town got so freaked out, they were like, you've got to get out of here. And so Jesus starts to get in the boat, and he's like, well, let's move on, folks. And so they start to move on, and it was then that this formerly demon-possessed, crazy lunatic of a man says, hey, I ain't got nothing here. My family's rejected me. My town has rejected me. Can I go with you? Let me get in the boat with you. But Jesus says, no. You stay here. And you now go and tell all the people of the goodness of God, what he has done in your life and the beautiful work of transformation that has happened because you met Jesus. And he did. And it says he went to Decapolis. He went to the ten cities in the region. And all the people were amazed. That is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is the powerful role of being a disciple, a follower of Christ. There are times that we will be able to sit at the feet of Jesus and we will be able to lap it up. 
And it will just fill our soul, the insights that we get from being in the presence of God with His Holy Word. And it just saturates us and it just fills us and it gives us this great insight into, wow, God, this is what it's all about. And then there'll be times that He says, carry me to the other side. And you're like, well, that really wasn't on my agenda, but here we go. And storms of life will just wail against you. And they will come out of nowhere, and they will seem like, oh my goodness, this ship is going down. But the purpose of being a disciple is to carry Jesus to the other side, to those that are hurting, to those that are marginalized, to those that are cast out, to those that are oppressed, to carry Jesus to the other side so that they can encounter the living, true God and that He can do a work in their life. It's never been about us. It's never been about our comfortableness. Going into this Christmas season, my goodness, how many more distractions can we have? Trying to watch a ball game yesterday and I can't get over Walmart, Target, everybody bombarding me. You need to buy this so that you can be happy. And this world will confuse us and it will bombard us with all of these messages of consumerism and materialism. But it's never been about that if you're a follower of Christ. It's not about your comfort. Oh, I'm going to step on some toes today. It's not about how you feel. It is about carrying Jesus Christ to those that are in need, those that are hurting, those that are lost, so that they can be transformed and they can be sitting at the feet of Jesus and then they can be mobilized to go and to share the gospel with others and all the others can be amazed. That's the beautiful story of the gospel and a day with Jesus. A day being a disciple. That may not be what you thought you signed up for. Read the book of Mark. It'll shake you up. It'll mess you up. Because it's all the days are crazy like that. But it's a beautiful life when you sacrifice it, when you lay it down, when you're obedient. And you watch God do beautiful works in the others that, and do things that you could never imagine possible. I want to close with one final story. It's a little girl that lives near our community. Our, our ministry center there in Ecuador. Her name's Maria. And Maria, bless her heart, she had a rough go of it. At, I think about two, three years old, they realized that her heart wasn't working right, so they had to put a pacemaker on her. And this pacemaker, you know, it just really limited her. She, she wasn't able to really play like the other kids and things. But we started to, once again, shower her family with, with love Unfortunately, Daddy, he didn't want no part of this, so Daddy split when she was a little baby. He's like, man, I ain't got, I ain't got, got time to this. So Mama was left there to try to take care of Maria and also Grandma. And so Maria's mom, she gets up at 5 in the morning. She's at work on the bus. She's the one that collects the money. On these public buses, you have somebody standing there that collects your money as you get on the bus and makes change. So she works from 5 in the morning till 9 o'clock, seven days a week, for $3 a day. $3 a day, 
trying to take care of her family, make sure they got something to eat. Maria's mother, because the doctor said, listen, if this girl's going to have a chance, you're going to have to stay here and you're going to have to actually make sure she has clean drinking water because one of the worst problems we have in our communities in South America are that there's parasites in the water and that it's unclean. And so they said, you're going to have to boil water to make sure she has clean drinking water and all the food, make sure that she doesn't get these parasites because that's that her heart, she's not, her body, she's not going to be able to take it. So grandmother was at home boiling water all day, every day, to make sure that Maria had clean drinking water. And so we came alongside them when we realized this a couple of years ago, and we were like, well, my goodness, let's put a, we put a water filtration system into Maria's home. Simple thing that we went on Amazon and picked up for $150. And we installed a water filtration system there in Maria's home. Transformed their life. Their whole family is now flourishing as a result of this simple water filtration system. Grandmother now, you see her there. She's at one of our women ministries events that we have. And she is just loving that now she can help Maria with her homework. And more than that, she volunteers at the ministry center helping cook for the other kids, the hundreds of kids that we take care of. And so now, this is the beautiful thing. Maria here, who's what, about seven now, she's been with us for four or five years now. She is one of our best ambassadors in the community. How she is going out and telling everybody in that community the great things that God has done in her life through this ministry and how it's transformed and now she is inviting and other people are coming and parents are coming and we are watching Maria be a beautiful ambassador of Christ reaching people that this white goofy boy from Ohachi could never touch and doing a beautiful work and so we are now watching how that just that cycle is continuing. And what excites me most of all is as I watch the beautiful work that God is doing in Maria's life, I'm already thinking, I can't wait for her to come and be in some of my Bible classes at the Bible school. Is Maria going to be the next evangelist? This, this week, we just lost a, a, a great warrior of the faith in Reinhard Bonnke. And so the missionary, what, what he did was phenomenal. But who's going to stand up and who's going to come into his shoes? Maybe it's Maria. Maybe she's going to be the pastor of that local church that we have there. Who knows what God is going to do with Maria? But I'm excited to be a part of the journey. And I'm excited that you're a part of the journey and how together we are watching a community go through transformation, watching a country now sending missionaries all around the world that we could never go to. And I am excited that we can continue to watch Jesus. If we just carry him to the other side, people, if we'll just carry him to the other side, what one touch, one encounter with Jesus can do in making a difference in their life. In, I know that we have some issues that we're dealing with here stateside. But in Ecuador, maybe you've heard that one of our neighboring countries, Venezuela, has been going through an incredible financial crisis. I mean, their, their economy's just imploded. 
and now we are being flooded by immigrants from Venezuela. We have women who are so desperate that they are at the border and they are selling, they're cutting off their hair, selling their hair for like 25 cents to be able to get passage, to make a small bribe, to get into Ecuador, to come into our community so that maybe they can have a chance of working from five in the morning till nine at night for $3 a day. And we are having 7,000 immigrants pass and come into Ecuador a day for the last three years. And they are starting to come into our community and they're starting to be there in our community. And even Ecuador is getting to the point of like, oh, this is too much. We, we, don't, we, we can't deal with this. So they are being marginalized. They are being pushed aside. They are being said, no, not here. And so who will carry Jesus to them? He has called us and he has given us this opportunity and given us a platform. And so now we are inviting their children to be a part of this ministry. And so now we are caring for them as well. In the past few weeks, we've had approximately 10 children that have come and now are a part of our ministry. And I am hoping that maybe 10 of you will say this year, I'm going to partner and I'm going to join with you and I'm going to help carry Jesus to the least of these, to these who need his presence and need his touch and need a deliverance. So today you have an opportunity to partner with us in a couple of ways. And I know you guys are always partnering with us and partnering with us in prayer is obviously the most important because, wow, the spiritual warfare is real and it is difficult and it is wearisome. So thank you so much for always supporting us and undergirding us. But as Tamitha mentioned, we'll be back in the foyer on your left as you're entering into the foyer area with where you can help us with providing Christmas to these children or if you'd like to journey with us, we have these 10 children that we are seeking sponsors, and you can stop with us and you can talk to us about sponsoring a child for this next year to help carry Jesus to the other side. And so I just want to thank you guys in closing once again for partnering with us and for being, allowing us this wonderful privilege to serve you and to serve the body of Christ and being his ambassadors to Ecuador. May God bless you. Thank you so much, Pastor.